0: And I mean, I know when I used to drink, I'd kind of that was the time where I'd go off and say, "You know what? I didn't really regret what I said. I regret how I said it, right? Mm. Because well, even whether you're drinking or not, what, what you're feeling is what you're feeling, but you shouldn't have to rely on alcohol or booze or, or drugs to have to be able to say how you feel. Like that's the only way we're gonna connect and that's the only way people are gonna feel better and and start healing, right?
1: Jason Lachance, your host of Knocking Doors Down here. And I started doing this podcast because through my addiction, recovery, and mental health struggles that include anxiety and depression, I want to talk to people that have turned their greatest adversities into their greatest advantages. And that's what Knocking Doors Down is all about. And Kim Bellis is an amazing example of that. She is the founder of Sober Is The New Cool. After her son was diagnosed with some uh, seizure issues, she started Sober as a New Cool because she quit drinking because her son couldn't drink anymore either and she wanted to set a good example. She tells the whole story. We have an amazing discussion about so many different topics, including some of the struggles that uh, women go through, including, you know, motherhood and aging. And she opens up about some amazing stuff, incredibly insightful and just a wonderful person. While you're checking Knocking Doors Down out, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And if you get a lot out of this podcast, share with Friend and don't forget the archive of interviews we have: Bam Margera, Brandon Novak, Kat von D, Charlie Sheen, Edward Furlong, Kelly Osborne. The list goes on and on of amazing guests that have been on the podcast sharing how they have found purposeful lives. Speaking of purpose, how about a lifestyle brand with purpose? 5150 LTM. That's right, not only is it a lifestyle brand that can fit whatever it is you're trying to achieve in life, but they give back to the community. And you, the listener of Knockin' Doors Down, get 20% off every time you shop at 5150LTM. All you have to do is use the code KDD20 at checkout and get 20% off. And how does 5150 give back to the community? Portions of the sales benefit the Carlos Vieira Foundation. Their three amazing programs. The race to end the stigma, the race for autism, and the race to be drug free. More on the Carlos Vieira Foundation, go to Carlos Okay, wait, now I gotta ask, that sober is the new cool shirt. I've not seen that on the store. Is this the limited edition Kim Bellis only shirt?
0: Well it is, and people are asking about it because of the sparkles. And you know. I tell them i could have these made but it would cost a fortune so i send them to amazon exactly where to get the, the, the beads and how to do it themselves so you know what they can sparkle away and not have to spend too much money right
1: all right oh i remember because there was uh, i'm a big kiss fan and uh they had shirts and they were just for women where it was kissed but it looked like the rhinestones i'm like oh that's so cool like one of their old album covers so I bought a bigger women's one and then eventually they came out with a men's one. And I'm like, I don't care. I'll wear a woman's shirt. It looks cool.
0: Exactly. And you know what, whatever makes people feel good as far as I'm concerned, just do it. Right. Yes. And being sober, I think the more it's going, the, the cooler it's getting, you know, people are catching what we have. I think
1: I, you know what, and it's interesting. I, I did, uh, an episode with natanya ross she's child actor in a, in a show called alex Mack, and um we were talking about that the people that you attract now and she's like it's interesting you know uh in reflection i'm like people are attracted to me in a different way now and they got what i want but it's not the fame and money and st- status it's the the way i work my sobriety and conduct my life
0: Yeah. And you know what I think is a sense of peace and there's a sense of uh, authenticity with that. You know, like there is no liquid courage there. When you tell somebody something, it really is from your heart. It's not like, Oh, that was the booze talking or they, you know, they said this or they acted like this, you know, what you say, you, you know, you don't have to regret what you say because you're coming from a place of really, truly where, what you're thinking, not, you know, alcohol induced or drug induced to be able to feel what you're feeling or get, you know, get that place where you can say, Oh, I was just drunk or I was just, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, on drugs. And, you know, I didn't really mean it. No, what you say is what you mean. And I think that's part of it. Right.
1: Well, and I think the important piece of that too, is sometimes we do say things that we mean, they might end up hurtful to the individual, our, 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 intent wasn't to send a hurtful message. We were trying to communicate clearly. And a lot of that comes, you know, with maybe a boundary or something, but we also have that skill set to make an amends as simple as, Hey, I was wrong. How can we make this right?
0: Yeah. And I mean, I know when I used to drink, I'd kind of, that was the time where I'd go off and say, you know what? I didn't really regret what I said. I regret how I said it. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, even whether you're drinking or not, what what you're feeling is what you're feeling, but you shouldn't have to rely on alcohol or booze or or drugs to have to be able to say how you feel. Like that's the only way we're going to connect. And that's the only way people are going to feel better and, and start healing. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It it, it helps build the camaraderie. Like you said, the connection, the, the the community, which is so vital uh, for sure. And, and you're great at, it. I mean, you know, Kim and I, I guess we've known each other about six months and I just adore you and I love what you're doing. And I do want you to share the story. Maybe if there's people uh, for the first time learning about you, trust me, people start following Kim on social media. If uh, I've had so many bad days or just tough day, I don't, I don't have bad days, tough moments in days. And it's like, Oh, message from Kim, here we go. But you know, Uh, Share how you came to the point where it's like, uh, you know, I'm I'm done drinking because it's an interesting, quote unquote, rock bottom, so to speak, or or aha moment, whatever term you want to use.
0: Well, so, you know, I thought I was like, you know, the average mother, uh, you know, doing, you know, everyday things, the class mom doing uh, cancer you know, benefits, whatever. And on the outside looking in. You know, it looked like I had a pretty great life. And from one day to the next, my 13-year-old started having seizures. And we thought it was football-related. And it really didn't matter because push came to shove. He was sick. He needed medication. And so after about three or four months in, he was no longer having um, seizures. And I said, you got to get back out and start being with your friends. And he'd come home all the time after 30, 40 minutes. And one night I said, okay, this this is wrong. What's going on here, Matthew? And he said, you know, mom, I just don't fit in. Everybody's mm-hmm. doing drugs. Everybody's drinking. And in Canada, our drinking age is 18. So they start, you know, everybody starts early. But in Canada, I'd be a little bit even earlier. I think. <laughs> so I started to, I was looking at him. I said, Matthew, you don't need booze to have fun. And as I said it, I swear, I had the biggest glass of wine in my hand. And it was like a truck hit me. And at that minute, I said, Matthew, I'm going to stop drinking for three months, just to prove a point to show you, because I used to drink wine every night, right? I mean, the martinis, this, that, but you know, I've seen everything was kind of in control, so to speak. And after three months, he said, see, now you can be like everybody else mom.'
1: And I said, No, 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 no. Okay, I'll do
0: another three months. And at that point, I was already starting to feel a lot better. I was sleeping or and having a sick child. Also, listen, I, you know, I had to be on top of it in case something did go wrong to be able to drive him to the hospital. So my focus was him. It was easier for me to say I was doing it for him because I would never have done it just for me. So he gave me back my life. But quickly I realized that, you know what, everywhere I went, everybody said to me, okay, you've proved your point now, get over it. Come in the corner, have a a shot with me or a drink or a martini. I won't tell. And I said, no, 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 I'll know. And how can I look at my son in the face if I'm telling him you don't need this to have fun and I'm doing it on the side. So that was uh, more than 10 years ago. And Sober's the New Cool was born because – 10 years ago, there was none of this, all this no. chitter chatter on Instagram. And I couldn't find anywhere to talk about how I was feeling. And I, you know, alcohol was not, um, we had alcohol problems in my family. So I wasn't a stranger to alcohol problems. And, you know, I just realized the, the longer I went, the better I felt. But I thought if I'm 52 years old, 10 years ago, and I could say my, my math, was 15. How the hell is he going to get through social situations if I'm having trouble, you know, like saying, you know, trying not to get mad at people also, (laughs) but trying to like keep my boundary. And so Sober's the New Cool with my sister made the logo and it was just kind of done in a kitchen, you know, and it was Facebook page was born for him to have a place to be able to talk about why he didn't drink. Because even though there wasn't a problem, he was embarrassed to say he was epileptic and he couldn't drink. So it really doesn't matter why you can't drink or why you choose not to drink. Quite frankly, it's nobody's business, number one. But number two, it shouldn't be an issue if you don't drink. And, you know, it just... The minute we went on Facebook, Europe was the first place that, like, just blew up. They just... People just kept sending me messages saying... How do you stop? Where do you start? What did you do? How did you do it? And then I realized this was not just about my son and it wasn't about me. And then I also realized I had drank way too much in my lifetime and um, I liked myself a lot better without alcohol in it.
2: The Race to Be Drug-Free campaign's main program is the Gloves Not Drugs Boxing Program. This program is completely free for kids between the ages of 8 and 17 to learn discipline, strength, respect, camaraderie, and the art of boxing. The program was created to keep kids off the streets, out of gangs, and away from drugs. For more info and to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org.
1: It's interesting how you say, like, you know, one of the really powerful things that... um a friend of mine that uh, I shared, a, you know, Kim, we talked on another podcast that I do and I shared it with her because she was kind of the mommy's wife uh, wine club. Yeah. You know, it was like you very, you know, involved in that, And when I say involved, I don't mean that you don't have a boundary with your son, you know, but, you know, you were you were there. You were the mom that you could be able to be there and be involved in different things very much the same way. She's a high achiever. But it was that uh, it, you know, our talk helped her start questioning, like, I feel like crap. I'm doing this. You know, I got kids going into college. I'm sitting there telling them the the dangers of excessive drinking drugs that are out there now. You know, look at me. And so I think, you know, for me, where you touched my heart in in finding you is that, that there's so many women out there. They're good moms. And and I'm not slamming you, but but. But there is that kind of end of the day. Oh, this day I'm going to have my glass of wine and it turns into a bottle or whatever it is, you know. And a bottle is very easy to
0: have because once you finish homework and you want to pull every hair out of your head, I mean, you open that bottle and then you start making your dinner and then you have some wine with dinner. So a bottle is very quick. And I didn't think it was an issue, but it is. A bottle a day is an issue.
1: Yeah. I was the negotiator. I was, it was, it's okay. Cause it's been a stressful day. I switched from hard alcohol to just wine and like that, I'm making dinner, I'm relaxing. I'm, you know, and then one bottle went to two bottles to two and a half. Yes. And, and then it was like, oh, I'm going to just switch back to beer. And, you know, it was that negotiation process. And I'm seeing that with, with women, with me, you know, with moms that are just that, that it's kind of become a culture, so to speak,
0: And I think a lot of them, too, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, you're in this world where you're taking care of everybody, you're doing everything for everybody, you kind of get lost somewhere, you start feeling a little less than how you should be feeling about yourself. And then those insecurities come up, you're aging, your kids are pain, like all these other things start and it's like a wall that keeps building and building and building. And and, you know, all of a sudden, like, for me, it was easier just to drink to, like, one, relax, two. I don't know. I guess I just felt I wasn't good enough. I should have been a little more. Or I should be doing something a little bit better with my kids. And there was always something. And I think it's a part of our self-esteem. When we start looking after everybody, we kind of fall to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And we forget all the good qualities we have. And, you know, it just becomes a habit. And for some they can kind of manage it but do you really want to manage your life don't you want to have a full life
1: yeah well and that's the th- that, that you nailed it right there so much is is managing to the point for lots of us it becomes unmanageable
0: and, and you know, everybody says when you stop drinking, you have so much time on your hands. And all my friends that my husband drinks. And when he does like dry January or these, these different occasions during the year, everybody says the same thing. My God, I have so much time on my hands. Isn't that quite something like... That they they really realize how much time goes into going to the wine store, getting the wine store, feeling lousy, not exercising. Like there's all these other things that go along with it. So yeah,
1: yeah, hitting the bar a couple of days a week, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. What did your husband think when you went start stop drinking?
2: <laughs>
0: well, it, it's taken quite some time, even till uh, a few years ago. I would say, even maybe two years ago, where he said, you, "You never really had a problem. I don't really when I would talk about um, Matthew and I because we did a lot of um, you know uh, uh, going to the psychologists and psychiatrists because you know thirteen years old and playing football five days a week to um, nothing." Uh, I can't see how you wouldn't become depressed. And I do believe mental health and addiction go hand in hand. It's just my, my theory. So for him, it was kind of like one, I was talking about our family outside of the bubble, Mm. which he had trouble with, you know, the sharing aspect. And I said, well, that's too bad. If I can help one person, I'm, you know, I didn't have anybody to help me. So I'm going to help somebody. And then as time went on, he kept saying, I, you know, you said you drank too much. You really drink too much. I said, yeah, I did. You're 6'2", I'm 5'2". And I would have a bottle. You'd have a bottle in the house. Hello, which part <laughs> are you, getting? you know, yeah. So I guess, but I think it's a part of still the shame, you know, that goes with it is, you um, now he's very proud that I don't drink, and I'm, I'm doing everything I'm doing, and I'm helping people. He's like really become my biggest you know fan, I would say, and he'll do anything or drive me wherever I have to go to, to be involved where I have to. But for a long time, it was hard for him for me to share the inside of the white picket fence.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's, right? yeah, that pulling up back the veil can be a little scary for many. You know, I know for me, a lot of my substance use was such a big part of my defense mechanism. And I was able to put on a good face. I wasn't genuine. I I could be the character of whoever it was. You know, people want to talk about the famous musicians I met. Cool. All right. I'll be that. You know, I just I I was playing a character for so many for so long.
0: And, and I think, too, that's one thing is. You know, I thought I was so good at communicating. And and I remember when I would do events for cancer, I would have like two martinis before it would start because I was so afraid that everything wasn't perfect. And I was so nervous that, you know, what was I going to say? Who was I going to talk to? How was I going to raise enough money that night during? And I missed so much of the joy, you know, because of that. And that all went back to my insecurity of, Mm not feeling like I could manage on my own and now I know I'm much better without it than I was with
1: it yeah from your yeah. perspective you brought up something you know several of those insecurities uh you know and I don't know unless I talk to a friend a female friend like you that, that's a mom married you know what do you think a lot of those insecurities that that women are facing now you know I mean obviously the aging and so many women the outward beauty is put on them and et cetera, et cetera. And, you
0: know know what? And I think, you know, one is the aging thing. Now we're we're turning it a bit where the gray hair is okay. And and all that is kind of becoming kind of cool also. But, you know, a few weeks ago, I was asked to go help pass Daniel's law in New York City at Fashion Week, and I have to tell you, after 10 years of being sober, knowing I would be, number one, the oldest one there the shortest one there at five, two. I was so insecure. And I can't tell you how many times I had this little wave that would say, oh, if only you had that little shot of vodka, how much easier it would be. And, you know, it was, I had the time of my life, but all those insecurities, I think, come back to from when I was little, you know, you Mm. were supposed, you know, the like Cinderella story and and then I had my friends that all became doctors or lawyers or accountants or something really, you know, when the women started to take over a little more. And then I wasn't that. I was a mom at home. And you know what I I missed was that's the greatest gift because without mothers, there would be no children, there would be no world. <laughs> so like, hello, we were okay with what we're doing, right? But it's I, I I think we're it's that value where we feel like we're not you know, and, and then obviously TikTok and, and Instagram and everything, everybody's life looks so much better or everybody's doing so much better. And I keep remembering every time I start to feel I'm not doing enough, I'm not achieving enough. I keep thinking, okay, close your eyes and just stay in your lane, stay in your lane, keep doing good, just come from the heart, just keep going, keep going. And 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 then it does, it is okay, but it's hard. It's really hard to overcome feeling like
1: you're not enough. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I see it. I spoke at a high school couple of classes last week. Ironically, uh, it was like 98% uh, both classes female. And so I was able to kind of ask. And I was seeing that a lot of young ladies definitely compare their insides to others outsides and the perception thereof, you know, that here it is. It looks glamorous. I'm like, Hey, let me show you something. This right here, this photo, of this lady, I know this lady through her agent who that's not her boat. That's not even her agent's boat. Her agent did a favor for some guy that, you know, just so they could get this one picture where it's like hashtag living the best life and everything else. Like they weren't even there. This is all made up. This is all just a pitching of a gimmick here, you know? And, and it's hard because our minds, we can get off into a story real quick.
0: Yeah. And, and the other thing, too, I mean, even if somebody does have a boat or does go on vacation or whatever, so good for them. You'll do something else. And whatever you will be like now, I'm realizing for me, I always used to love to give, you know, help people. And I, I let that go because somebody had said to me when my 40, you know, Kim, if you think someone's going to do what you do, forget it, it's never going to happen. And I kind of thought, okay, that's like, I'm doing too much. I'm being taken advantage, all those whatever stories in my head. And I lost a big part of who I am because that's who I am. And if you're taking advantage of me, oh, that's on you. That's not on me. I'm doing something good. And if I feel good and, you know, that whole thing, follow your passion, you know, no matter if you want to do a yoga class and three people come, do what feels good to you. And and you will, you will start to shine and you will start to feel better. And, and the rest of the world is kind of like, they look at you and go, wow, you've got it together. Right.
1: Yeah. And you bring up such a valuable point that it's, it's, uh, it, don't take things personally. So like, yeah, if somebody does take advantage of you in a negative way, uh, because there is a, Hey, taking advantage well of a situation, you know, you do and have done a lot for cancer and Hey, that might've helped someone get better. Yeah. Take advantage of that situation for sure. Yeah, You know? Yeah. So it's just, uh, at the end of the day, it it, it is all an inside job.
0: And, and I, and I really think for all these young mothers, if, you know, and I think a lot of them are afraid to share, you know, because mm. we all have children or husbands or sisters or brothers or mothers or fathers. And there's all, everybody's got some inside stuff going on. So don't, I think by sharing, number one, you'll feel better and you'll find connections that, you know, the minute you start to share, everybody else all of a sudden goes, oh, wow, this is kind of happening in my house. Like my, my, that white picket fence is kind of broken on that side. And that's okay because nobody's life is perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. we. <laughs> <laughs> Many sure try. I don't want. I don't know about you. I don't want a perfect life. That's too. That's too much work in 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 the wrong way.
0: No, and and you know, but a lot of people are so afraid that their kids aren't the smartest, or they're not achieving the best, or they're not the best athlete, and so much importance is put on that instead of just being kind. Make sure your kid sits beside that kid that's all by himself, because that could be your kid, you know. Right. And make sure that somebody says hello because maybe they they won't you know think about taking their life. There's so many other things that people can do every single day to make this world a better place and I think that's what we should really you know focus on. And especially for those young mothers because they've got so much love because they are mothers, right? Yeah. They have the love to give so Yeah. We need
1: we need to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Take care of you, but you got you got to take care of yourself first. Otherwise, yeah. you're not going to be there for anyone.
0: No. And, and find what that is, right? Who knows what that is? It could be anything. And, you know, sorry to interrupt, but the one thing is I don't want – I've had a lot of young mothers lately reach out, and they don't want to come uh, public to talk about their drinking, almost like it's a shameful thing, or they're not, like, underneath a bridge, living underneath a bridge. That's not what having a problem with alcohol is. And let's stop making it like that. This dirty, ugly secret, because it's not, it's not. We can have, you know, problems with food. We can have problems with alcohol. We can have problems with drugs and, you know, let's, let's embrace it and and help each other like to figure it out and talk about it and, and not judge, you know, those eyes, you know, those big eyes, because I think that's kind of sad.
2: It is. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. The Carlos Vieira Foundation, along with Knocking Doors Down, joined together with the Race to End the Stigma program. The Race to End the Stigma campaign was created to not only change the way people perceive those who are living with mental illness, but also how those who are affected perceive themselves. To find out more about the scholarship program, head over to carlosvieirafoundation.org for more info.
1: But How did you personally get to a point where you stopped taking the judgment personally?
0: Well, you know, I have to say, I used Matthew for the first three, four years. I guess it was my son. It was like that was the thing, and then the more it got into those social situations, um, then it was like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. I I don't drink, and it it still happens much less now, but uh, occasionally I do get those eyes like, oh, what's wrong with her? You know, what what happened to her? Or, and I think um no, being on Instagram and whatever, most of the people that knew me were around the world. And it wasn't till lately in Montreal that I, a lot of more press came to sober the new cool. And I think that was where it was a lot harder because it was like, and I said, I have no, I talk about alcohol, like the sunshine and that's it. It's no good for me. Call me an alcoholic, call me whatever you want. I don't really care. It's not for me, It's and I feel so much better without it, and my son can't drink. That's his issue. He's got to deal with it. I can't change up, but I can help somebody else find a life that's better than having alcohol in it if it's a problem for
1: them. Yeah. And it just, if we're not going to have a life where we're giving to others, and I, I just, for me personally, I just don't see a point. But I didn't I didn't realize that for the longest time until I started to get to a point where it's like you peep someone from Europe, uh, a young man from Australia that I check in on regularly that was like, man, found your podcast. Uh, I was about ready to relapse and I flushed my pills and, you know, you start realizing that just by getting these stories, getting others out there, getting the share out there, putting it out there you you, you don't know how it's going to come back to you, but you're not focused on what's coming back to you. you you just end up amazed by you know what it is. I mean a kind word like I for me, kind words it's the greatest thing like oh man, you don't know, thank you, you know it's because I, I can take that compliment or or whatever it is now.
0: And, and, you know, when someone is struggling, if you do really reach out every single day and you become that pain in their backside, I think that's good because, you know, I think it comes back down to self-esteem. They're not worth getting through the, that day or that, that month or whatever, and they feel so low and what? who cares? No, I do care. And so do a lot of other people. So by sending out messages and really checking in with people like you just said, you know, it changes that person's world. And that's
1: huge. That's huge. Yeah. Share what sober is new. Cool. I mean, you know, other than a very cool catchphrase logo uh, merchandise. I mean, I don't know. How, I, I, you know what? I'm kind of a jerk. I need to order a darn shirt because all of my friends have one, <laughs> you know, like uh, Tim Lodgen came on for his two year sober anniversary. He's like, he's like, yeah, do you have a sober is a new cool shirt? And I'm like, no. No, I don't. I need to order one. Um, but you're doing amazing work other than just bringing awareness.
0: Well, The sober is the new cool T-shirt started like basically so I could give back to either mental health and addiction. That's really what I don't make any money doing this in the least. I give away more than I I, I sell, but that's okay. Because to many people, when they put this T-shirt on, that is like a, a armor for them. And they're proud. And, you know, when I, they send me pictures and they have a smile, like from one ear to the other, saying, you know, you know sober is the new cool. And, and they stand tall. They stand differently. I think that's quite amazing that all over the world this is happening. So it's making people, it's like a, a way for people to talk about it without having to talk about it. Like, what's that shirt? What are you wearing that for? Oh, that's really cool. And nine times out of 10, somebody in the group will say, Oh, my brother has a problem with alcohol, or my daughter, or my son. And you know what? It just opens up the conversation so that it's not that ugly, that ugly problem that people are having. It's not, it's over. It's a disease. Let's get over this. It's a disease. Nobody wants to wake up. So to me, I'd love to be able to sell more t-shirts only to be able to help other people. And when anybody asks me to like go to New York and help pass a law, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do whatever, I'll talk about this until I'm gone. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna encourage many young people to find out that they are enough so that they can carry on. Because I feel that every time I help somebody, it's really funny how they help a whole bunch of people, right? In their neighborhood or their little section of the world. So we created Sobers the New Cool Ambassadors only because I feel that human connection is key. I mean, if you, you know, you can do the FaceTime and all that, that I have, I do it all the time and I love it, but if someone's in your neighborhood and you can go for a walk or you can go for coffee, I think that's huge. So that's why these women and men have decided to say, yes, they would be an ambassador, just to help where I can't. And for people to know, there's somebody close by. And you know what? I'm going to keep, you know, helping anyone who asks. I always say yes. It's that simple.
1: Yeah. And uh, yes, you do. You did mention something really interesting, you know, drinking age in Canada, 18, and then reference your family. and so much of this and i've seen it not just with alcohol but you know primarily marijuana and it has become another cultural thing uh it just becomes so embedded and i mean i'm i'm guessing you probably grew up with family you know every canadian friend i had i said yeah i grew up in my you know, my dad, my uncles, and even my mom, maybe they're, you know, popping beers at the end of the night or on the weekends. And that's what it consisted of.
0: And and especially I find in, the, you know, middle class or upper middle class, it was almost worse. There were more parties. There were more events. And, you know, what? even now, every time you see an advertisement, you know, somebody's on a yacht with a bottle of, uh, you know, vodka or whatever they're on a plane they're you know it's so unrealistic you know, they don't show somebody lying down on the floor or throwing up in the bathroom you know like so let's really you know i but it was so socially accepted and it still is you know mm-hmm. it really is nobody really um says you know that's why everybody says why don't you drink why don't you drink and i said why why do i why do you yeah. Why do you? you know, yeah. like, and, you know, if you throw it back, it's kind of funny. And I kind of giggle when I say it because it's kind of like they have no problem asking me why I drink, why I don't drink. So why shouldn't I ask them why they drink? <laughs> yeah. Right? No, but, you know, when you think about it, it's true, isn't it? I,
1: I, I've done that with a few people, and I have yet to get a really good answer.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or... Um. Maybe my famous wine was,
1: I only had two glasses of wine. Ah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I was good at that. Uh, yeah, it was just a couple of beers. Not mentioning that they were the really tall, big beers where it's essentially two, two and a half beers. But yeah, exactly. It It's, it's the way we'll regurgitate it. And it is, I don't know about Canada, but it, it's so incredibly well marketed here. You know, it's oh, yeah. aligned with 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 every sport, uh, you know, yeah. the, the summertime, you know, the guy with the girl in the bikini. And, you know, there is so many of these things that, you know, as a kid, I can go back and remember like the jingles from beer commercials on TV, yeah. you know,
0: and in Montreal. I mean, I'm in a huge city and I live close to the, the city. And for me to find non-alcoholic, I mean, there's a few in the, in the wine store but they're not the good ones. To find good ones, I, I found the first place two, two weeks ago, and now somebody else told me about another place. But it's like far, it's not like in the city where it should be. In New York City when I was there for fashion week, I thought, okay, I have people coming to meet me at the hotel, I'm gonna get like some non alcohol. I couldn't find anything that was close by and we were staying right in the center. Um, you know, right near Central Park, right near Broadway, there was no reason why it would be that hard for me and I couldn't find it yeah. couldn't find couldn't find it. so Europe is much ahead of us, I think we're finally you guys are getting there now with all these social sober events, which is kind of cool because it was the first time I was in a room with two hundred and fifty people that were sober.
1: Huh.
0: it was. And my husband, too. Okay, okay. there was no booze, so he couldn't obviously drink. But it was electrifying. I've never it was a high that I swear for days afterwards. It was was like a buzz, like the whole room was it was unbelievable. I can't even describe the feeling of being in a room with 250 people. Now, is that because I felt more comfortable because there was no booze? I don't know. But he drinks, and he said he couldn't believe the, the, the feeling that was in that room. Isn't that something? Like,
1: and I think that's one of the misconceptions. Like, oh, how am I going to have fun sober? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do. I, I, I've told this story. I don't know if I've told it on here, and I don't remember if I told you. But my my partner, her and I, our first like real date, we went and saw Kiss, one of my favorite bands, and I said to her, I've never gone and seen them without like e having a couple beer. I never got trashed or anything like that. That wasn't my deal at concerts. Like, hey, either I paid for this or I drink, you know, but I said, I'm, I'm a little nervous. I don't know how much fun I'm going to have. And I was up every song, every lyric singing along. By the end, my voice was gone and we had a blast. You know, we had a blast and subsequently have seen some of my other favorite bands live that, you know, no drinks, good time.
0: No, and I have to remember the first sober wedding I went to, the, the first wedding I went to when I was sober, I was so afraid. I thought, oh, this is going to be so boring. And I remember leaving there saying, I felt so much love in that room. Like, I, I remembered everything driving home, the placemats, the, the decor, the bride, the groom, the parents, the joy that was in it. It was incredible. Like, I thought, wow, this is what it's all about. Like, it was like, And like awake, I was like awake, you know? And I thought, this is cool. And for my kids that are 28 and 26, uh, they love it. They love that I am sober. I have to tell you, they, uh, my Matthew, obviously, for different reasons, because it's like a support system that he can always rely on. But his friends that have had drug problems and alcohol problems, they're coming Again, to get sober T-shirts for the first time somebody comes out of rehab or into a party zone with a sober is the new cool T-shirt on for the night for the kid not to feel out of place. And I couldn't believe when that happened a few weeks ago. I was like, wow, these kids are 25 and 26 and they're worried about their friend and they're going to wear this T-shirt, not because they have a problem, but to help somebody else. And I thought that's that's okay you know i'm doing something right if kids can do that to help somebody else
1: yeah oh that's touching that's that's so awesome i love it speaking on the um non-alcoholic like for me people have i've had a few people reach out like oh you drink a non-alcoholic beer doesn't it trigger you i'm not one of those people that it does it's like no i enjoy what i would classify as an adult drink yeah. But I don't wanna, for lack of a better term, get shit housed. I don't, you know, that's not my life. But but I do enjoy having like Saint Patty's Day just came up. I like having a stout, you know, Guinness style beer with corned beef and cabbage. I'm gonna have it. I was a person that I liked the taste. And so for me it's like, no, I don't know. Maybe it's a it would be like a alcoholic's harm reduction method or something, you know. I don't know. But I I personally for me I I enjoy it a, a non-alcoholic wine um you know we've gone on dates and and my partner she doesn't drink either and all right hey cool yeah I'll try that
0: Well you know to me I think whatever works works some people it's a trigger um at the beginning there was I was in an event and somebody poured wine real wine into my glass instead of the non-alcoholic stuff. And that was a bit of a scary. So I knew by then, from then on, I had to really pay attention to what I was doing. But lately i found a few different uh, options that I really do love. And, you know, I always have my Perry, anyways in a fancy wine glass or champagne glass. And I think it makes you feel like you're celebrating um, even though you're not drinking, and the, the other thing we have to get rid of, and this is like a myth, and my kids say it all the time, you can't, chin, you can't cheers or say, uh, you know, santé when you're drinking water or, or soda. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. That, that's got to go. That's
1: that's <laughs> something
0: I'm going to work on because they said, no, no, mom, it brings bad luck. I said, no, 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 no. What brings bad luck is drinking too much and having a car crash on the way home. <laughs> yeah. That brings bad luck, right? Yeah. So, to me, I don't drink it very often only because I haven't found too many that are not sweet. And just lately, I found some that are not. So, and with the spring coming, I will try and find more options because I find, again, right now, the, the big buzz is going on is how are we going to manage uh, not drinking with the nice season coming? You know, like, you know, the, the spring weather, the, the, the the, the places, the outdoor cafes, the outdoor this, the outdoor bars that are opening. How am I going to get through that? Those party, you know, summer days, you know. And there's, there's as long as people can just have it. And I think if you have friends that don't drink, just do them a favor and have something there. You know, whether it's a pitcher of water with lemons and berries in it or one, one, one kind of option, I think it's kind of nice. And bring stuff with you when you're going somewhere because oh. why
1: not? Right. Yeah. No, that's my, my thing too is. And so it's the nice thing with the beer here, it, you know, mostly, mostly you can find like the, the big brand will have an option, but I'll take it with me. And then that way I've got something in my hand. No one seems to offer anything either. Not that I'm not good at, you know, I'm at the point now in my recovery where I can go, no, thank you. Um, uh, yeah. but it just kind of—it's like I just wanted to eliminate it all together. No, I'm good. I got something. You know what I'm saying? It just makes it easier.
0: And I—I I have to say, for my young son Matthew, he's just like with COVID. It was easy because he didn't. Re- doesn't still? He's not great with the social. You know, when everybody's drinking kind of thing. And to be quite honest with you, I'm—I'm I'm not a big fan of staying out till late when people start you know, um, slurring or, or repeating the same story that i heard at 7 o'clock. So I kind of go home a little earlier. Uh, but for him, I find his gang, and this is where I'm, I'm so happy that this younger generation is like, the, he went to watch uh, March Madness the other night. And one of the guys had made sure that there was non-alcoholic beer for him. And I, I thought, bravo. You know? Yeah. So he was comfortable, and it's the first time, and the longest time that he stayed out to midnight with a bunch of guys not feeling like he felt like he belonged, like he was part of the the the, the evening. Yeah.
1: And at the end of the day, all of us just want to feel a good sense of community. Yes. We really do. Because whether you like it or not, we're communal animals, people. We just are. Just how we yes. are. Uh, Kim, if people want to find out more about Sober is a New Cool, grab a shirt. Uh, where can they go?
0: So sober is the new is our website. On Instagram, it's every word with a period in between. So Sober is the new cool with a period in between. And we're on Facebook, Sober is the new cool. We're on uh, TikTok. I'm not big on TikTok. And <laughs> Twitter. I'm not that big on that. But so Instagram is our best place to follow us. And I will get back to you and I will find somebody in your neighborhood that can help you if you're looking to connect with other people. Cause I think that's huge. I, I think that if we can really keep, you know, each other like connected, we're going to be better off.
1: Yep. And I, and I am here as a Testament that Kim means exactly what she says and she does it and follows through and, uh, you're just wonderful and been in a uh, become a an amazing friend I've made so many friend friends in Canada now Kim that I gotta figure out just like a two-week trek of going from one side of Canada to the other I you know I love it uh well let's jump into some random questions.
2: Okay. 5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams and working hard, and always striving to make those dreams your reality. We believe life is too short to sit back and say, what if? Go after it, grab it, and make it happen.
1: All right, random questions, of course, brought to you by 5150LTM. I'm wearing the swag if you're watching the video. If not, click that link in the podcast description. Use KDD20 for 20% off. Uh, All right, this is a fun one. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? If I
0: could have one superpower, I would make everybody feel
1: that they are truly loved. Wow. I don't think that's shown up in a comic book yet, but we need to put that in there. Uh, if you could have dinner with any one person living or not, who would they be?
0: I think it would have to be wow. Um, Audrey Hepburn. Well, why? Because I just found she was she did so much good in the world just through all of her her acts of kindness and all the, the wonderful charities she helped and she was elegant and she was kind and she was soft and everybody and every article I ever heard or read about her was always something nice that she did towards somebody else. And I, I, I admire that in somebody truly, mm-hmm. truly admire somebody that could be that famous yet. So that accessible.
1: Yeah. No, for sure, and and her and Catherine was one of my favorite actors of all time. I just loved Catherine Hepburn. Oh, she's just brilliant to me. Um, You're stranded on a deserted island. You can have one movie with you and one music artist's greatest hits.
0: The movie would be Pretty Woman, (laughs) only because you know she comes from a place that she's so broken, and she ends up not only helping herself, but helping her friends that were with her along the way. So to me, that was huge. And music would have to be, I guess, I have so many, um, the Bee Gees, I guess, because they had really? so many. Yeah, I loved their music growing up. And I mean, I was just it was all about hope and love and kindness and goodness and, and the, the beat in the background. But there's so many. I mean, yeah. I love music. That's one of my passions now to get through a day when I'm starting to feel low. Music is my, my key yeah. running and music.
1: When I talk to some younger, younger people, sometimes we get into music. I often bring up the Bee Gees and they're like the staying alive guy. I'm like, You don't realize how many good albums they had. Oh, my gosh. And if you go back and look at their track record of hit after hit, plus they wrote so many songs for so many other people. Tons of songs, you know, talented guys.
0: Amazing. And also, I I think also Lady Gaga, because she talks all about mental health and awareness and addiction and everything. So I would would probably choose her, too. I mean, that would be, I just thought of that. But she's someone that so many times I've been inspired by her work and the songs that she sings for everyone, you know, to, to, to be able to relate to.
1: Yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a fan of hers. If there was one pop star that I could speak with that I haven't already, it'd be her. She's just phenomenal. I the Fascinating person. Fascinating. Uh, Last book you read.
0: The Last book I read was actually (laughs) sober is dope. I just received received it in the mail last weekend. And that was the last book I read.
2: Uh, I'd seen a lot of
0: of different stories and people talking about it. And so I purchased it. And I'm I'm a big fan of reading all different books from people that are in um, our world. And just to see how I can help others more. You know, Mm -hmm. I just find there's I, I learned something and I also see.
1: A lot of myself and most of these books that i've read lately yeah i the last thing that i would say is along our you know our field of recovery and mental health was uh Nikki six of motley Crue's book uh 21 and it's about the first 21 years of his life and he wrote it to really paint the picture of a life that would lead to addiction the way that it did and you're just like okay, whoa, I felt that way too. I know exactly what I, that was. I was trying to escape that myself. And so it's, it's for me, I love when someone puts it out there because it does, it just brings that other layer of, okay, I'm not alone, you know? And sometimes we all need a reminder.
0: Yeah, and the other book you should read is the book by Harry uh, Eaton and his mother, Senator um, Madeleine Kane. It's oh. a story about a mother and a son. His version of how he was in his addiction and her version of the same events. Huh. and it's fascinating. They're two wonderful human beings. Too. I love them, but for Harry to come out and um, in their you know social status and whatever to be able to share their story, and I could see now when I think how I was and how Matthew sees different situations, it really makes a mother and son or mother father and son see that, you know, how different it is and what really happened, you know, because there's always your side, my side and what really happened. That's (laughs) another really, and the book is called Under Our Roof."
1: Yeah, somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah, I, you know, when people have asked me, hey, do you think you'll ever write a book? I've always thought that I would have to incorporate other people that were really close to me and have their perspective, because my my memory of life in general, I don't I don't know why. It's just I, I've got big gaps of things or and stuff will come back. Like, gosh, I've never thought about that from when I was six. I always thought that would be a really interesting way of just having the perspective of others, you know, especially the people who are like, you had a problem. I never knew you had a problem, you know, it was like. And,
0: and, and, yeah. And it's, it's kind of funny how you think you know what's going on under your, your roof and you don't really. Mm. You know, and I had that similar situation when a psychologist said something to me with my son, and it was like a slap in the face she said you're you're one of those working moms and I said, "No, I'm at home, and all the kids are in my house, and the sleepovers are at my house, the barbecues are at my house and she said, "Well, you've been missing a few things, haven't you and I love this woman, she gave me back my life also so It wasn't an insult, which she was saying to me, but that was the truth. I was, I wasn't connected to where I should be. So it's interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that is. All right, Kim, you're such a lovable person, but you have to have at least one pet peeve. One thing that just irks you and annoys you.
0: I don't like seeing anybody judge anybody else until you walk into somebody's shoes. I don't care if they drink, every single day and then stop and then start again and you're mad and you're angry. And i get all that. But until you walk in somebody's shoes, don't judge them and just keep trying to lift them up. I know it's hard and I know it could be trying, but everybody deserves to feel uh, a second chance, third, fourth, fifth, until we get it right.
1: Yeah. Kim, if uh, you had any advice, uh, from your standpoint, for anyone maybe struggling with uh, with substance abuse or any kind of addiction, for that matter, um, or a loved one, uh, be it mental health, whatever it is, what what might you lend?
0: I would ask them to reach out. But I've learned for the last few years that saying that to somebody that's really struggling is not like uh, – doesn't really work too well. So I'm working on that right now to either find an emoji that somebody could send – That would be like SOS without saying SOS or I'm in trouble or, you know, having to go through a series of question and answer periods. That's not just let us know and we'll be there. And I haven't found that yet. And I have to find that so that people make it as easy as possible for somebody to, to just press that button and, and, and let it go, you know, without having to say, Oh, I don't feel good. I don't want to get out of bed. You know, all no, 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 no. Let's just simplify it so that it makes it easy for them to know we're there and yeah. just sit in silence or hold their hands or do whatever you have to. But I have to find a way to make it easier because it's, it doesn't, it's saying reach out doesn't seem to be, sometimes it works, but I'd like to find a, a better way. So maybe you can find a better way for me. <laughs> right?
1: Well, I got the wheels start turning a little bit.
0: Uh, isn't it true though? Isn't it true? Yeah. Yeah, It is, you know, so people shut down, people, you know, it's like the turtle, they put their head in, they don't want to share that they're sad, or they're, or they're being suicidal, or they want to drink again. And, and, you know, they're afraid, you know, afraid of failure, afraid of everything. So there's got to be, I don't know what it is yet. But I'm going to ask as many people as I can. And I was even told, don't tell anybody, because you should do this on your own. And now it's not about finding the cure by yourself or the thing it's about everybody getting together and finding it for everybody else. I think
1: anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think that for anyone in any situation, sometimes that is definitely the toughest thing to, because of the story and the meaning we put behind so much of our life to just say, I need help. Yeah. You know, it's tough.
0: It's really hard to ask for. And I think also, The other thing is I feel so honored that people trust me enough to share. So I just think that they need to know there's more people that they can share with, you know, and that they're not going to rip them down or tear them apart. And that's hard to to trust somebody after you've been hurt so much in your
1: life. Absolutely. Kim, thank you. It's good to see your wonderful you. face and hear your voice again and, and just to have a conversation with you. I adore you. I love you. And I'm, I'm appreciative to have gotten to know you.
0: Oh, and me too. And, you know, I know I was bugging you at one point, checking in with some of our friends. So I I will continue to do that. So sorry if I'm a bit of a pest, but I, I feel that we're, we're better together, you and I, checking in on our friends.
1: No absolutely not and we have to do that And Sometimes I need a reminder So no I'm grateful don't ever see it that way At all Okay
0: good You're not getting rid of (laughs) me now
1: (laughs) I don't plan on it I have nothing in the plans For that at all Uh, Thank you my friend
0: Thank you Jason
1: This is the Knocking Doors Down podcast Featuring celebrities Experts and everyday people Who have overcome adversities Including addiction, mental health and trauma to live purposeful lives. And that's what knocking doors down is all about.